Welcome to Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy, and today I get my pal back as right co-pilot, uh, Rick the Brawler Brown. <laughs> Good to be with you. Yes. So um, anyway, um, we are going to talk about something that has been on my heart a lot lately mm -hmm. because it's um, part of, you know, you and I have done a couple of episodes on like the supply chain issues and yeah. some of the things that are going on, but we have this epidemic going on right now, and it is against work. Against work. Yes. Old school would call that lazy. Yes, yes, that, that is right. No, um, right now what's happening, and, and uh, I'll, I'll throw some uh, slides up, uh, but there is a whole movement right now against the idea and value of working. Mm -hmm. And it's also infecting, I think, some of the Christian community as well. Like, you know, work is being positioned as a bad thing and or a necessary evil and not part of God's design. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to get you weighing in on this yeah. and, and talking about it because, you know, we're, we've got um, tragedies happening right now um, or a real disaster, I should say, looming because of this. Mm -hmm. People are having a hard time finding people to do jobs. And if you don't find people to do the low-level jobs, the mid-level jobs, and even the high-level jobs, society doesn't work. And when society doesn't work, we don't eat. Uh, you know, we can't move goods around the country. You know, we starve when yeah. when just the lowest level of workers on up to the highest at any point in that chain, you know, it, it just the whole thing falls apart. And it, it, that's part of what's coming right now. Yeah. I mean, it all affects the supply chain, right? You need the hands on from uh, low level to high level of skill. And we live in a generation that, uh, has not really been trained with a work ethic. Yeah, that um, it is a hard work is a dignified way to live your life, and now it's being couched because they negatively that's a white man's construct, right? And so you've got to throw that to the ground. But the reality within the church, because you're asking me to weigh in on it, yeah. a survey that just came out this week that only fifty one percent of pastors in evangelical churches. This is not mainline that have already fallen off the deep end. These are evangelical pastors. Only 51% believe in a Christian worldview. Only 37% bring their Christian worldview from the Bible into the pulpit on Sunday morning. So it shouldn't shock us if the churches are woke, if the churches, if your preacher doesn't believe the Christian worldview that is revealed to us from Genesis to Revelation of the Word of God, that we believe the authority to direct creation, us as his creation, about work, about all of these different things. And man's very first job was a gardener. The Lord put him in the garden before the fall. They usually want to talk about after the fall. Yeah. It's thorns and thistles, and it's, it, you know, if you know enough of the Bible just to be dangerous. Right. Yeah. But the biblical worldview is that uh, Adam was put into a garden to tend it for the Lord and to take care of it because work is meaningful. It brings dignity and purpose to a person's life. Yeah, I just read a book, and I've become a recent fan um, of Douglas Wilson, who pastors a church in Moscow, Idaho. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he wrote a book called Productivity. Mm -hmm. 
and with the idea of you know we need to be you know diligently plodding along in our work yeah. you know and and the the perspective of it is you know the the verse where it's hey okay you don't know what will bear fruit you know mm-hmm. but you know so in the morning so in the evening idea right. you know that we are meant to be productive yes. and i'm seeing so much happening you know i've i've been talking a lot about men and masculinity and Young men right now are being conditioned out of work, you yeah. know, and conditioned out of the idea of working. And if you don't have a productive purpose, uh, you you fall to pieces. And we've had these active shooter situations and all this sort of stuff with people who are aimless and, you know, have, have no purpose in life. And, and our entire society right now is conditioning this. And it's, yeah. it's wild to me in the, in the scary sense. Yeah. Well, I think that if you understand... Just our whole trajectory as society, going from a, an agrarian society where people pretty much had to work six days a week just to survive, right. to industrialization, now to technology, where work, physical work, the muscular class, as you like to call yeah. it, has uh, no longer or is diminishing. Not, not that it no longer exists, but it's diminishing. Right, and so the work ethic is not in urban societies. They don't have hey son, go out and plow the the South Forty. They, they don't have that dynamic. Right. And so it's not learned from uh, the bottom up. Yeah, well, um, I'll, we'll put up a, a quick little um, uh, post here from Popeye's Chicken. And, and uh, I've seen more than one of these personally. This is one that I grabbed this morning just, you know, uh, off of the Internet. There's this whole movement um, and this whole... Uh, uh, like these these forums that are all they're called anti work and they're and they're in there posting all of this stuff about how like you know life is so unfair and it's and it's <laughs> sowing uh, division amongst the classes but yeah. what's happening is like literally you can't find people to show up to work to mm-hmm. you know do jobs that are necessary I mean in this case you know we got to feed people right. and and you can't get. Uh, um, you can't get people people to work, and all of the business owners I'm talking to are having a, a struggle. They're they're um, paying uh, more than they've ever paid for people to show up, and they're not showing up. People yeah. are taking applications. People are agreeing to a job, and come yeah. Monday, they just never even show up. And yeah. so this is happening like crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, what what we are sowing right now is the seeds of some real desperate destruction. It is because then there's this what grows is this envy and covetousness of people that are successful. Right. Somehow they're demonized because they're successful because they've worked hard. And and I think it's ironic that this is always couched in this racism uh, class right now. That's bizarre to me. It is because, you know, the, the award winning show that just came out, King Richard, based mm-hmm. upon uh, Serena and Venus Williams yeah. and their father, their work ethic through that program, if you watch it, yeah. is off. It's off the chart. It was awesome. And they would never have achieved that. Uh, I wonder if King Richard said, hey, you know, I w- this is my dream, but since it's a white man's yeah. work ethic, let's not do this for you. It, yeah, no, I doesn't mean... It doesn't matter it, what uh, color you are, Bryce. Would we agree? If you give effort to anything, you're going to succeed. It, it will bear fruit. It'll bear fruit. It will bear fruit. And, you know, and listen, there's people that, that you know, grow up in um, hard circumstances where uh, mm-hmm. there's headwinds. Yeah, against them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up pretty, pretty poor and in modest circumstances. I know you did, <laughs> um, and uh, and you know, learning to work and finding opportunity and all mm-hmm. of that is is you know what got me out of it. Right. Um, but 
we, I think this has been somewhat on purpose. You know, I, I'm looking at the game that is being played. Right. And during COVID, part of the complication that we're facing right now is we shut our economy down. We told people not to work. Right. Then we gave them checks not to work, you know, which mm-hmm. is that concept of, you know, uh, universal basic income, UBI, yeah. um, which there's a ton of people that are advocating, you know, just, you know, we're just going to give people so that they can basically meet their needs. And then they're going to go out and they're going to be creative and be poets and, and they're going to, you know, uh, uh, invent wonderful things and, you know, create art, you know. That's not true. That's not what people did. <laughs> it is not true. <laughs> no, but but that's that. But that's being sold. Um, whereas the Bible, and, and I'm sure you you probably have this chambered, but um, you know it talks about if a man won't work, he doesn't eat. That's right. Yeah. And that's not just on that particular individual. I believe. Mm-hmm. I I think it's what we've got going on right now. Whereas we are all not going to eat if people are not working. Yeah, because you have to have from, like you said, the, the, the food chain or the work environment has to go from the top, from the lowest skill level. You're in high school, you get a job flipping burgers right. or at Popeye's, whatever it might be. Right. And w- we live now in this entitlement generation where where the Bible's very clear. It, it uh, speaks in a very dismissive way to the lazy person and encourages diligence because you're going to succeed. This is the Bible thing from throughout. Yeah. And and because the socialist movement has to convert Christians across America or around the world, yeah. they, they try to then, oh, we're going to twist it and Jesus was a socialist. Jesus was a communist. Yeah. None of those things are true. Paul the Apostle, speaking to the church in Thessaloniki, yeah. said that if you don't work, you don't eat. This, right. is, this is basic life 101. Right. And Solomon says... That if you if you're lazy, you need to just go to the ant and learn the lesson from the animal kingdom. Go to the ant, you sluggard, and he doesn't have an overseer. The ant doesn't feel some entitlement. He just goes and works hard so that he can eat through lean times. And hunger pains will eventually drive someone to work unless the government's sending them a check and they never get hungry. Right. Yeah, and and um, at some point like I think it was Margaret Thatcher said, at some point you run out of other people's money um, and you can only send people checks for so long. And now of Mm -hmm. course we're having this, you know, runaway inflation, you know, we Mm -hmm. printed all these dollar bills to give them away to people who won't work. And then now we can't get people work. And then Mm -hmm. what's being sowed very quickly is this, uh, you know, sort of divisive, um, you know, us versus them. It's a class opposition that is a part of the blueprint for a socialist or a, psyops takeover of a nation is you have to pick races against each other and classes so they find wherever the leverage point is to create chaos and conflict and they slowly bring a nation they don't have to be conquered from without they implode from within and it is a tactic that we've seen work over and over and over and people that are blind to it are just carried along by it and they're tools they're tools of uh this rhetoric yeah, this uh, this week uh, or this last week, um, Elon Musk came out and said, "Okay, everybody's back to work, you know, and you're going to be in office, no more working from home." Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not against people working from home. You know, there are, there are plenty of jobs where you know you can get a lot done from your home office. I you know work from home on a regular basis. Uh, I've got team members uh, that work for me that are working from home, you know, and quite diligently, and it works. 
But there is something said to be in a community of people working together and, you know, and being, you know, eyeball to eyeball and, you know, being in the same building and all that stuff. There's, there's something that uh, lends to the diligence and the effort and, you know, everything else mm-hmm. uh, and the relationship That's of right. working with another human being. Well, FaceTime's crucial, especially in certain um, industries. You, you have to have face-to-face. Uh, you can have remote people working. Yeah. I, I think it's great. If you're a technician yeah. and you can work remotely, I'm all for that. But what I find is... Um, you know, people at Popeyes cannot work remotely and, right. and serve your food. Mo- most most jobs really practically can't right. be. You know, a, a you plumber mentioned... can't work from home. Uh, exactly. You know, we're, I... we're, and we're having a desperate situation in the trades right now. That's right. I'm a tile setter by trade. I can't do that remotely. I would have right. to go t- to the job and do that. But you mentioned you get to work from home. But when you first went to work, what was your first job, Bryce? Was it working from home? No, no. Not only wasn't it working from home, it was working out of a car running around the entirety of this earth, you know, trying to try, yeah, in sales, you know, um, yeah, spending a lot of money on gas and a lot of time, you know, causing myself back problems, you know, sitting in a car, driving in Los Angeles traffic and everywhere else. So, So yeah. My first jobs were working for farmers. Yeah. You know, my first job. Well, and actually, was, my first job was on a roof. I was a roofer yeah. <laughs> in the San Fernando Valley. You know, you, you learn you don't want to do in that. In the middle of Woodland Hills. <laughs> yeah, you know, I fell off of a roof doing a tear off one time, landed in a pile of trash on my back and said, you know, there's got to be something else for That's me right. in life. <laughs> yeah. I, I, my first job was in the fourth grade, weeding 13 acres of beans with my brother, and we made $36 a piece. Man, we felt like we had hit the jackpot. Yeah. But those things are, are, uh, in this entitlement class and this new generation, I mean, um, in their defense, some of these things are not accessible and they don't yeah. have parents that are teaching them yeah. this. They have parents that are indoctrinating them with yeah. this rhetoric of the left, which you should just be able, in a socialist society, a utopia, the government should take care of you because they look to the governments for their supply rather than looking to the Lord and his instruction about work ethic. Yeah. No, and, and uh, it's um, it's not going to, to last being in a society like that, which is last. which is where all of them fail. And, you know, going back to Jesus is not a socialist. He um, is not a socialist. You know, everyone yeah. that's advocating for that is, you know, speaking evil because mm-hmm. all of God's, uh, Jesus's message about us sharing with one another and all that is all, yeah. you know, voluntarily given, vo- uh, voluntary what a cooperation. If I hold a gun on you, yeah. Bryce, and say, I want you to give your money to the poor, yeah. you're going to resent that. But if you moved by your own heart and compassion, you've been successful. Yeah. And this is what Paul the Apostle tells thieves in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. He says, hey, stop stealing, you guys. Go get a job. Take care of your own needs. And when you see people in need, help them. It's a voluntary transformation through repentance to work and actually care about other people. Uh, he tells uh, t- in Timothy, he says, if you're a believer and you don't take care of your own family through work and supplying the resources, you're worse than an unbeliever because even unbelievers do that. Yeah. Right. And so the work ethic is throughout in the parable of the minas and the talents. Jesus rewards those who work diligently and he gave them more responsibility. Yep. 
and the person that was lazy and did nothing, he took away his resources yeah. and gave it to the most faithful. And now culturally, we're throwing stones at the people that are diligent and doing the work. If and, they're successful. Yeah, and, and listen, there's um, you know, this is a complicated thing because there are, like right now, and I talk about it a lot, you know, we do have this oligarchy forming of elites, mm-hmm. um, and there is, you know, danger of people who are amassing wealth and using it for evil and tyranny, mm-hmm. and there is corporate led tyranny going on there you know um we we saw it during these lockdowns when they were shutting down small businesses and destroying people's livelihoods at that level Mm -hmm. while promoting these big corporate entities and you know funneling and driving all of this business in their direction so there's tremendous abuse and corruption that goes on Mm -hmm. um but you have to look at all this stuff fairly and Mm -hmm. what people are doing is they're they're attacking folks that are diligent and successful and um uh, why don't you um put up a we've got a couple more slides that i think are are showing this um this one here uh, i really hate the no person who works a full-time job should live in poverty discourse because it should simply be that nobody deserves to live in poverty we got to let go of this idea that we work in exchange for worth. People are innately worthy and deserving of the basics. Um, the idea there that um, we don't, uh, that work does not provide worth, when in reality that, that we are called to work, and that is part of it. Mm-hmm. So then they, you know, then they're going to. Um, you know, create this sort of crazy division amongst the people that they are working for, right. and and that's yeah. and that's where um, I'm I'm afraid for what's coming. Right. Well, I agree that you can't uh, because the whole narrative breeds hate, greed, and covetousness of the poor. They they think that they're entitled or deserve something. Yeah. Basically, because they woke up in the morning. Yeah. And Jesus told us. He said. The poor you will have with you always. Right. Why? Because they don't want to work. Or they have some, if, if there's, first of all, let's just talk about those who are disadvantaged. Good, good, okay. good. I was going to go right. there. Yeah. Yeah. So we have people that are handicapped. Okay. Right. There should be a safety net. How do we help these Agreed. people? Right. And then there are people that have mental issues. They need yeah. help. Yeah. There are people that are disabled. Now we're not um, there's, talking there's about widows, there's, there's orphans, there's, 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 there's you know there's people that are in dire circumstances in that dire need circumstances. help. And we, you and I, would not uh, in any way resist not only not resist but want to help those people in need. Yeah. This is the Christian ethic, right? But as I have supply and I work hard, I can help people that are disadvantaged, disabled, in places. I can donate to the homeless shelter i'm helping i can uh help people get off the streets into rehab because they're a drug addict if they want it well and they gotta want it though yeah not only uh can we we are yeah i mean that's that's been you know our mission i mean i have for the entirety of my life i've given you know massively um and i've been blessed by it you know i took i took to heart god's promise that That if you you tied and you And you gave your your money, and I gave when I couldn't afford to give, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I know I was blessed because of that. Yeah. Um, and and I encourage people who are in those situations where they feel that they can't to you know to test God in that. That is one of those things that He says, "Test me in this." Exactly. Um, but yeah. we. Um, we know that the Christian community, conservative mm-hmm. communities, people who believe as we do, um, put more of their money behind this than anyone else. That's true. Um, yeah. 
the the left narrative or the socialist idea is that mm-hmm. wait a second I'm going to take it from my neighbor and give to people yeah I'm going to take it from the wealthy yeah. person and that's called robbery it is right? it's, so it if is. I take something from somebody and then I'm going to redistribute it that's right. what this whole equity thing is a a redistribution of wealth I'm going to take it from the wealthy and give it to the poor well it's and this is what the Lord says of Christians you mentioned earlier there are the oligarchs that are using their wealth for evil great evil and we uh, money's neutral. You can use it for good or you can use it for evil. And that's based upon the character of the person. And I've discovered that the character of the person, the more money they get, it just reveals, they just do more of who they are. It, it amplifies whoever it, you are. It amplifies um, If you're you are. a jerk, it makes you a bigger jerk. Exactly. Um, and so that's just yeah. human nature, and yep. that's not neither here nor there. Yeah. And if you're a Christian and you're wanting to do good, then it amplifies that. You want to do good. Uh, oh, you listen, and you and I know people who um, are just wonderful people who are amazingly wealthy, have been blessed beyond you know our imaginings. That's right. And give more than I've ever seen anybody give, yeah. and to, yeah, and give freely and with a you know wonderful heart, and are you know ready there with their checkbook to do whatever they can to bless people. And when it comes, Jesus said it's more blessed to give yeah. than to receive. So there's such a joy yeah. with it, but there's a resistance to it. The the redistribution by force by government taking away and then giving yeah. it to people because we mentioned all those who are disadvantaged and disabled and maybe struggling with addiction and, and we're setting those aside saying we believe they need help. But able-bodied people that should be able to go to work, uh, there's not the same kind. We don't have the same kind of perspective. Hey, man, get to work. If you don't eat or don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. Well, we talked about, I'm going to put up one, one more of these threads. Uh, we, we, uh, talked about the fact that people are being asked to, you know, come back to work and show up. And uh, and here's this thread. Uh, got a new manager at work. He said he doesn't believe in working from home and wants the office back in five days a week from Monday. I've never seen so many resignation letters in my life. Now, once again, you know, there are certain jobs and there are certain things that people can work from home and, you know, but but generally a lot of folks are looking and going, okay, hey, for two years, you know, we we put the pump the brakes on everything in our economy and we let people work from home. And, you know, there's a lot of people that weren't efficiently doing what they needed to do. And we're seeing the effects of that. We really are seeing that there's a, you know, loss of productivity. And um, again, we're seeing with the supply chains and everything else, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that were laying on their couches. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that were using every minute they can to avoid it because there wasn't accountability. Mm -hmm. And again, there are people, I've got a guy who, you know, during the middle of, uh, of the lockdown said, hey, I'm moving to Idaho with your permission. And he's an analyst and he sits behind a computer all day, you know, and he, and he does his thing. And, and this guy uh, has been just a blessing. And I think he's, he works harder than he's ever worked. And he's in a you know, great space in his life. And he's being able to provide for his children even better. I mean, he was a you know, pretty high paying job. But, you know, here in California, you know, you have to have a super high paying job. Yeah. You know, he's got five kids, you know, and, and he's, he's doing amazing. So, there are exceptions to those rules, but you know, a lot of this, you know, when, when you start to look at it, there's a lot of things where, you know, the work is not getting done. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, businesses are trying to say, Hey, we need to return back. And, you know, there's, um, you know, again, maybe in some cases there, there's a, you know, right way to revolt against your employer and say, Hey, it's been working fine. And maybe there's an argument there, but this is kind of this, you know, wholesale movement now, to uh, you know, to to push back and say no, we're not gonna. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously people, we live in a free society. Yeah. I can quit. I can move down yeah. the road. I can be homeless. I mean, you can be homeless in California and get a check. Right. It's, uh, but the state of California has more debt than any state because yeah. it's, and it's jacking up the taxes. And between California and New York, they're having a contest about the taxes for this entitlement program. And they're just talking this week in the news about reparations. Yeah. And so, once again, you're, you're taking things to a place that is untenable. It's yep. unsustainable. Yep. You can look at 100 years of the track record of socialism and communism, and uh, it just simply doesn't work. Yeah. Even in China, they're crushing it globally, but their own people, they know that they can have a serious uprising because of the way that they're treating Well, yeah, and, and China is not well yeah. be, because of a lot of what they've done with their policies. And so mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're um, a very, very unhealthy um, economically country that, mm -hmm. you know, is propped up, that looks mm -hmm. like it's healthy on the outside, but mm -hmm. there's some real trouble at home because of the things that they've done, you know, mm -hmm. so they're, and they're, you know, going to be moving towards falling apart, which is part of the reason that we're in the, um, you know, cold war that we're in with them. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, the, the destruction is mm -hmm. coming and, mm -hmm. uh, what will happen, which has happened throughout almost all of history. You know, the, the only reason we've been able to get away with all of this is because we have, we put ourselves by hard work into such a prosperous position. We've had multiple generations yeah. that have worked their tails off. You know, we had a, a strong work ethic culture here in America yeah. And, and so it's like the kids spending the parents' money, um, you know, willfully, wantonly, and wastefully. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to be running out soon. Yeah. And, then, and then you're going to be, you know, having to eat bugs and, yeah. you know, scrounge around for berries in your backyard. Well, I mean, North Korea is a great example, yep. right? And I, I, I need to do a little disclaimer because I've uh, raised children and I have a, a son and daughter in their 30s. And when I say, hey, this generation and different yeah. <laughs> things, they, they'll they yeah. always push back on me because both of them, I raised them with a work ethic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my son just got hired in an incredible job where they only take the top 1% of yeah. the applicants and all those different things. And so there are those in this generation. And if you're tuning in, you're, you're watching this, but I said, I just want to read a couple of promises yeah, from good. the Lord, because if there's, if there's even an iota of common sense, logic or godliness still in your soul in this generation, listen to what the creator of the universe says about work versus this concept. In Proverbs 12, 24, it says the hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor, right? The diligent, he's going to be the manager. Yep. The person that doesn't work hard, hey, they're just doing what they're told to do. Uh, Proverbs 10.4 says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. If you're lazy, slack hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. If you're, if you yeah. work, it's, it's going to make you rich. It's it, look, it virtually is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. And now in each in each country, you know, um, it's the, relative. The, yeah, it? The, the, it is relative because yes. you know there are places that are you know so strained in it, in their resources and mm -hmm. you know what what the government's got going on. And the but, opportunities are so limited. Yeah, but even them. in North Korea and other places, there are people who are more diligent than others, and yes. you know they and they rise above in many cases their peers. And again, mm -hmm. you know, there's all kinds of pressures, and it's very complex. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you are mentioning the you know generation 
information stuff because we do get caught in that and what, yeah. and what it really we is make blanket though, statements and yeah but what it really is is though we have created within modern culture all of this stuff now you know it's so it's so it's like this underlying feeling because what's happening even in some you know um, across all of these generations now, mm-hmm. you know, people people are all in the same boat. It just happens to be that, like, the current generation that we're talking about, um, you know, has been living in this mode for longer. Yeah. Um, and but, the indoctrination. And, and they're being indoctrinated, yes. and they're being told that this is the case, because, you yeah. know, yeah, I know you have very hardworking um, kids. Um, you know, my, my two daughters just graduated from high school, and they have always been incredibly hardworking and mm-hmm. great work ethics, and yeah. they've got jobs. Where they learn and, that? Um, my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're trained in it. Yeah, right? you are. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I, I'd say this to my, my um, uh, middle daughter, who um, I think is more, most like me in some of my worst parts of my personality. Like yeah. we talk about this. And, <laughs> and she, um, she had a chance to be, you know, I had moments of intense laziness as a kid and things like that. And we didn't allow her to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and she's, she has, has, um, she is quickly becoming better than I will ever be in mm-hmm. terms of her just solid work ethic and being able to push through things. You know, a lot of things for me, you know, uh, came easy and I just sort of like, yeah, you know, eh, whatever, you know, um, I was a terrible student because I could get by, you know, she is a good student, you know, she could get by. And if she was in the wrong school and not having my wife, you know, holding her accountable for things because we've homeschooled, you know, mm-hmm. she, so she has been diligently taught to be diligent. Mm-hmm. And and that's amazing. And I didn't have that. I, I learned it a lot hard, you know, a lot more the hard way. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just your training, train up yeah. the child in the way they should go. That's it. Right. Yeah. And if you're raising yourself, which yeah. I, I had to figure this out on my own yeah. also. And, um, but, you know, this last exhortation, I think is so good just for us to have in the, the forefront of our mind. Solomon says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Yeah. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. And um, I think when you give however God's wired you, it's him who works in you to will and to do your good pleasure. You followed a trajectory that you are interested in. Mm-hmm. I followed a trajectory that I was interested in so that I was excited about getting yeah. up in the morning. And But I had to pay my dues and work at a lot of yeah. jobs that I hated <laughs> oh yeah i mean listen I mo- most news. most of my motivation early on was because i had to eat <laughs> you know i mean truly i yeah. i didn't have um i didn't have a strong network around me i didn't have uh you know much and mm-hmm. i just had to do whatever it took because i yeah. i literally you know had had fear that i oh, where am i gonna find my next meal kind of a thing for yeah. a little while and uh, and then you know of course I have had so many people you know bless me over the years and all that but at first I was not motivated by like oh I'd really like to roof that sounds like a great passion of yeah. mine you know or you know yeah I'd like to do insurance sales or you know any of the other things that mm-hmm. I you know put put my hand to it wasn't like this you know fantastic draw it was yeah. because I knew that we needed to work yeah I I find there's two two cards in the the narrative that's being uh, poured gasoline on mm-hmm. by the the left. And that is to create racial tension through their narrative, which right. these things about work ethic, it doesn't matter what color you are, right? Why, why are the Asians 
their work ethic is over the top scholastically. Uh, they they outperform um, the white uh, population yes. by leaps and bounds. So do, so do the in Indians as well. That's right. You know, and, and so to the uh, you know the from Africa, the Nigerians, yeah. are crushing it. Crushing it. So these principles, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what nation you're from, what language you speak. And also, it doesn't matter what class you came from, though a class can give you a step up. Yeah. But you and I both came from what, uh, you know, just in our own perspective, a very low income type of background. Yep. And, um, And the Lord has blessed us as we've committed our way to him. Yeah. Because that's really... The joy of walking with the Lord, because obviously as Christians, the Lord transforms you and to see things the way that he sees them. And this uh, new push for shorter work weeks, can I just share with you the biblical concept of work uh, is you work six days a week, one day's off, and you work from six in the morning till six at night. So those are 12-hour days. They would have siestas and things in the middle, but this was the work ethic. Oh yeah, and I, I'm a world's champion napper. I could yeah, do that I love anytime, the power anywhere. Myself. Oh man, <laughs> I, it, listen, if it was a Olympic event, I'd get gold. <laughs> I can nap anywhere yeah. at any time for any length of time. Yeah, and, and America's been tremendously hard work, and Europe's led the way with time off. And yeah, all and in fact, there's there's a big move for that. And um, let's let's put up that uh, uh, little graphic about four day work week because this is uh, this was something that was floating around this morning. Um, and what I what I like about it, well, or what I think is nefarious about it, okay. is you deserve you deserve a four day week. Yeah, and and that's really at the um, core of a lot of this is this belief of entitlement. It's you know, entitlement. this this is yeah. what we deserve. Yeah. And uh, and again, this is all you know pitting. The diligent people who built businesses, mm-hmm. who took tremendous risk, and now they're being looked at because yeah. you know every every small business owner I know, every big business owner I know, and then the very giant businesses out there, every single one works incredibly hard. And mm-hmm. many of the business owners that in starting their businesses, great sacrifices. I've got members of of my family that you know didn't didn't really take paychecks for years. barely, um, you know, getting by while they were building their businesses. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, after 25 years, you know, they're enjoying the fruits of that labor. And, you know, they get to take some extended vacations and, you know, and they get to slow down a little bit and they get to be rewarded. Amen. At the same time, they're still incredibly hardworking people, you know, because kind of once it's in your system and once yep. it's ingrained and you have those habits of diligence and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you 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 know, you tend to keep it going because otherwise you're like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know? Well, it also has to do with the skill level, and I'm all for. I when I was in uh, high school, I was I worked four days a week framing mm-hmm. houses. They yeah. were ten hour days. Yeah. So you're just getting your forty hours in, and then we would go to rodeos Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and then be back at work on Monday. And so I have no problem with the shorter week. You want to work more hours you want to yeah do i I, I don't yeah i don't fundamentally either yeah. um what i have a problem with is the entitlement idea yeah. and i yeah. and the idea that oh no we deserve this yeah. we deserve to eat yeah that's basically well, that's it that's it you know and and the, the question is okay well who is feeding you then yeah. because that's what yeah. they're saying is you know we deserve for someone else to be yeah. taking care of us um because you know I, again i've always you know been in 
positions where you essentially you um, you eat what you kill, yeah. you know, yeah. and you have to get after it and you have to, you know, create opportunity and you have to create wealth for the people that are employing you. Uh, and and you get a you get a piece of that. And if you work hard enough at it for a long enough time, which, you know, I was able to do, you then become an owner yourself. That's right. Uh, you know, and then that, and then it becomes even more fruitful. Let's talk a little bit about the disparity between this this entitlement um, mindset. They they have no experience and they expect to be paid like a middle manager or whatever. Yeah. Because we know that salary uh, and income is based on your skill level. How long did it take you to get that skill, and how specialized is it? Uh, you look at uh, hairdressers who are ubiquitous, they're mm -hmm. everywhere, right? Yeah. Or bartenders, yeah. it's ubiquitous, it's, they're everywhere. How long did it take you? And uh, granted, there's there's hours involved in, in all right. of those things, uh, versus the person that has uh, the PhD, right. and he's worked for 12 years, and he's specialized in some kind of uh, crazy technology, and they're, they're, their salary, how long, how rare is your skill? And what does that skill contribute to the company? Yeah. What does it bring to increase their income? And there just seems to be such a uh, lack of understanding and this sense that, hey, they were gonna hide, hire me at minimum wage. Yeah. My minimum wage when I started was three dollars and twenty five cents. I mean yeah. that was what Yeah, yeah. Was. I think I think we were up to seven dollars an hour when I when I was out there. Well, Idaho's a different culture than, yeah. than California. Yeah, so. yeah, no, but it, but well I'm also I'm, we got about ten years to separate right. us. But yeah. um but yeah, I think I think it was, you know, yeah, five, six, seven dollars somewhere yeah. somewhere in there. And somebody has to do those jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And and those jobs are meant to be moved through. Yeah. They're not meant you to had be it for a, six months. They're not meant to be a living wage, and that's why yeah. the minimum uh, wage and all of that is actually actually detrimental. Because yeah. you know you've got these kids with zero experience, um, mm -hmm. you know, who should be out there, you know, doing these jobs while they're still living in their parents' homes, right. you know, and still being you know cared for by a lot of their economic needs. That's right. Go and get a little bit of experience, and then boom, you you know you move up to a the manager of that fast food uh, restaurant, or now you're a you you're no longer the hostess, you're a waitress, you know, and you've you've learned it, and now you're making more money, and and then you parlay one success into the next mm -hmm. is is how you do it over time. And I find that the left really has no business savvy because if you give everybody the minimum wage at fifteen dollars, and all the 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 lower Incomes, all they do is transfer that to customers or they go out of business. Yeah. So they lost the jobs because they can no longer sustain that kind of minimum wage. And, yeah. and they think that somehow they're increasing or improving society where, well, now those businesses close because yeah. you just crushed them or there's no profit in them. You took, you took their profit margin away. Yeah. But people did have a minimum wage job before you close that business through the they economics. Did. Or they just increase all of their prices. So once again, it takes society to a new right. level that is unsustainable also. That's no also logic. That's also how you get robot overlords and kiosks. That's right. Because that's yeah. happening. And that's on the way. And, and well, it's already in right. a lot of places. There's, you know, right. McDonald's and, you know, yeah. fast food places. I see that, advertisements uh, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that, that have these order kiosks and they got, yeah. you know, robots flipping the burgers now. That's right. You know, and, and that that's what gets ushered in when you start to do those things. The robots because, take over for the minimum wage because job. the business will find a way. Yeah, you know, as best they can, or go out of business. Right. Um, and you know, and so all of those They'll things adapt. start to to happen. So mm -hmm. pretty pretty soon, Skynet's going to be running us all. There you go. Our robot yeah. overlords are going to be in charge. That's right. <laughs> and we're all going to be out of jobs. <laughs> and then they'll be using us for food. Yeah, you know, it'd be perfect. <laughs> 
And I, I just think the, the one that the, the, the mindset, the mentality that I'm entitled, somebody should give me something because I'm breathing. Yeah. The one that this is going to hurt is you. Yeah. The bottom line is it will, you are handicapping yourself with your own mindset. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. Like if I think this and I'm sitting at home playing my video games, expecting to get a check, I'm, I, I'm now, uh, I'm unemployable because nobody's going to give me what I des- deserve. And how am I going to take care of yeah. a spouse? How am I going to take care of children? I'm sitting there and, building no skills, you know, and, and, and especially, and, and this is true of all of us, but I mm-hmm. believe especially of men, mm-hmm. there, there becomes a rot in their souls yeah. when they are unproductive. Yeah. Well, there's energy and it's going to be pointed another direction, which uh, yeah. you and I know. Yeah. That and you know that's the thing that happened with the epic story of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were so prosperi- uh, prosperous, uh, according to Ezekiel chapter sixteen. Uh-huh. They were so prosperous they didn't have to work very hard, and and then they had all this time on their hands, and it, all that energy just turned into sexual energy yeah. in the wrong direction. And so yeah, well, and we have a, we have plenty of that going on now. Right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I um, this is why I need the pastors on the show, just not the preachers, kid. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I didn't think about that, but that is true. They were very prosperous, mm-hmm. and that was what that, that was kind of the sowing the seeds of that. Too so, much time on their hands. There you have it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna have problems. Yeah, well, well, we do. I mean, you know, again, we've we've had these multiple active shooter mm-hmm. events in a you know very quick succession. We, mm-hmm. you know, we have tremendous yes. violence in our cities. Mm-hmm. We have people that are you know looting and thieving and you know running around like crazy, doing all sorts of destructive things. Mostly young men. Yeah. Um, you know, to the tune of like ninety nine percent. Um, and and so we're already seeing the evidence of that. Yeah. This passage in. Uh, Thessalonians really explains the Lord's heart in First uh, Thessalonians four eleven. He says that you may aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. You know, when I'm working hard and I'm just worn out from work, work's a good thing. Yeah. And to be tired from work, and then when I have a day off, I so appreciate that uh, yeah. day off and the time away from work to love my family and to care about them. It makes it more meaningful. But too much time on my hands, I'll get myself into trouble. I I, I get self destructive. Yeah. Exactly. No. And I, no. Yeah. I I know it. Um. Let's let's shift gears real quick okay. here and let's give some practical wisdom because you yeah. you have raised some amazing kids. I know how I, I know how your kids are, and yeah. I know you and your wife are just such a blessing and and have so much wisdom yeah. in that and. Yeah. Uh, you know, my kids are starting to turn out pretty all right. Yeah, um, that's a big, and color. and so, um, how, what did you do to mm-hmm. teach them work ethic? Like, how did you do it from the from the little ages? Because I've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, from the young ages, I had the benefit as a pastor and mm-hmm. uh, a school and having a facility that um, I I worked around the house. I had my kids help me all right. the time with everything we did. Um, I'm very hardworking. My wife's very hardworking. We're very industrious. So we yeah. would flip homes. Our kids would help us flip homes. So we're and a lot of it comes pre- from just the example of what it's they the see example. in you. It's, it's more caught yeah. than taught. Yeah. And um, and as my kids got older, uh, you know, there's there's laws against child labor. Uh, yeah. But if if you're a parent, there's no laws against it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and so when my daughter was nine and my son was. Uh, 11, they, they began to, uh, clean the school. We had a Christian school. They had right. to clean the school every day after school. And so they had janitor jobs from the time that they were 10, 11, 13 years of age. And then they slowly then took over. We had a campus that was 27 acres. So we had a lot of outdoor work and slowly my, it was like a small farm basically. Wow. Yeah. And so my son would, uh, 
by the age of 17, he was in charge of 27 acre campus. He had two or three people working underneath him that were summertime help, you know, right. other high school kids. And he was training them the way I trained him very, you know, I would show him, I would say, this is how you do it. And when things go wrong, I would show him how to fix it or to uh, make it work. And, and you're just modeling it. But I grew up not with a Christian ethic, but I had uh, a crazy ex-con stepdad, but he was an intensely hard worker. Right. So he, he, he taught me how to work hard with a lot of profanity. <laughs> right. And so awesome. I had it not only from uh, the worldly perspective, but then when I became a Christian and read the Bible and I saw the value and that it was my job to train up a child on the way they should go. You're not entitled to anything. Yeah. And we, we didn't give our kids anything. Uh, in the sense that parents will buy their kids everything. I'm like, if they really wanted it, I would say, okay, you you pay half. And yeah. and it was amazing. As soon as they had to pay half, they really didn't want what they were asking for. But if they did, then they, they had skin in the game. And that's why when people spoil their kids, because we had enough well to buy anything our kids really wanted, Yeah. but they had no skin in the game. So, hey, no, you got to have skin in the game. And it made them be diligent. We taught them how to budget. All those things yeah. that were, were skills for their adult life. Well, and, and, and the theme of all of that is you were pretty intentional. Very intentional. Because you, you have to be intentional. Because yeah. although a lot of things will be um, caught rather than taught, yeah. you, you, have to, you have to intentionally demonstrate these things. Yeah. And you have to think about what, you, what messages you're, you're giving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my, my kids are you know, pretty, pretty diligent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we started early by um, giving them chores and giving them mm-hmm. little tasks around the house. And I would encourage parents because a lot of parents, I don't think they realize that you can give them tasks that are meaningful, that mm-hmm. are small, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, push them a little bit and, you know, yeah. give them a little bit of responsibility. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, as their skills grow, you give them more, you give them more, you give them more. And I have witnessed a lot of parents where they, um, they have homework as their job, you know, so schooling, you know, oh, their homework is their job yeah. and they don't contribute to the house or they hire out, you know, all of the work of the house cleaning and they, you know, the the yard and all those things mm-hmm. gets hired out. And I'm not against, you know, hiring, you know, hiring help to run your house and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, and that could be very helpful, especially if you've got a wife who's homeschooling, you know, you, mm-hmm. uh, she, she needs the extra help sometimes. And yeah. so um, I'm not opposed to that, but but you have to involve your kids in the running of the household. Yeah. And in your case, it was a, you know, big school farm and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would give, and this is where I, I, I encourage folks, we, you know, my daughters would start with just making sure that there's toilet paper in each bathroom, mm-hmm. you know? And so they just, they had the, this little list of yeah. really moderate tasks. Mm-hmm. And um, Angela, my oldest, who is just amazing delight, and one of the most naturally disciplined human beings I've ever met. Like mm-hmm. I joke that I'd like to be her when I grow up because yeah. she just like, you know, she decides what she's going to do and she carves up the time and mm-hmm. she, you know, 15 minutes a day, I'm going to do this because yeah. I'm going to learn the drums. Yeah. Boom. You know, now two years later, she's a competent drummer. You know, mm-hmm. she just like every little thing, she just does that and she will without fail miss it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, never miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember her probably for, you know, four years old, something like that, sitting around the table. And why do we have to do so many chores? You know, and she like asked this question around dinner. And so I explained, well, you know, honey, that is, you know, how you earn your room and board. That's your contribution to the family. You know, mom and dad have regular jobs and we also are contributing to family and we do this, we do that. And, you know, and I kind of explained to her and she, yeah. she looks at me and she goes, okay. <laughs> you know, she I was like, it. Yeah. all right, I guess, 
that makes yeah. sense to me, you yeah. know, but you have to tell your kids, you know, why you believe what you believe and exactly. you have to set these things. And then you have mm-hmm. to, you know, we, uh, we grow by stress. Okay. And by yeah. that, I mean that, that concept of hormesis, right. Yes. Which is yeah. you, you get resistance, you push, you get a little bit stronger, you get resistance, you push that, you know, that works at the physical sense that works in our immune systems, that, you emotional, know, emotional, everything. Uh, marriages, That's right. a little bit of yeah. conflict, yeah. successfully resolved, makes it stronger. You know, you, you, you got to do that. And yeah. so you, you have to give these kids, you know, more skills, equip them for life was the, um, theme that Michelle and I came up with before we had kids. Okay. What is our job as parents? We are to equip them for life. We have to give them skills. We have to Mm -hmm. teach them things. We have to have them grow in confidence and, you know, not self-esteem because self-esteem is fake, Mm -hmm. you know, to esteem is to admire. Oh, I admire myself. That's totally fake. Yeah. You get confidence by learning skills, by growing. You know, that's what we need to be teaching kids. That's right. And what people don't understand is that how is character developed? By responsibility given and fulfilled. That's how character is developed. So when you give responsibility, they fulfill that responsibility. Something is forged inside of them. I did that. I accomplished that. I I got the lawn mowed. I got paid for it. And there's a uh, effort expended, a reward given. Effort expended, reward given. And through that process, the light goes on in their own minds. Like, oh, I see. I give, put the time in the work, I get the A on the paper. I put the time in the work, I have the money in the bank. I put the time in the work. Um, there's respect that comes from other people. Hey, you're a real hard worker. Yeah. And they get that, that, uh, that recognition. And, yeah. and, and character is, is molded because there's two ways to train people, right? You got the carrot and the stick. Right. Right. So um, once they get a hold of the carrot, you don't have to, the stick's not used very much. Yeah. Well, and for, for young men out there, um, it, it, and you know, and this is true of women as well, but you know, I have a heart for, for, yeah. for men right now. And it's been on my heart a lot that, uh, that we need to be, um, sharing these messages. You, you get successful mm-hmm. by parlaying one thing into the next. And yes. every opportunity I got was because someone witnessed me working hard at something else. Yes. Usually something that was somewhat undesirable. And they said, you know what? You look like a hard worker. You look like Mm -hmm. a nice young man. Would you like to come over here and try something else? And, you know, and hey, it was a little better opportunity. And okay, there, you know, when you go, you put your all into it. And then you get somebody else to recognize or, you know, or you move up within whatever sphere or profession that is. And then, you know, you end up doing this. And these uh, kids today, number one, they're Mm -hmm. going into these schools and, learning oftentimes very useless stuff, yes. accumulating a dramatic uh, amount of debt, using something that there is, yeah. or learning something that there is no job mm-hmm. uh, prospect at the end of it. They yeah. think that that's the path that they have to go through. And then they come out and they want, you know, to be a CEO. I, I can't believe, you know, I just went to this prestigious college and I just, you know, <laughs> I, I studied basket weaving and, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm not already a CEO. And the only thing they can get a job in the mailroom, right? And, yeah. And, and then they're like, you know, <sighs> Exactly. What a waste. This is terrible. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm being abused by my employer for slave, wa- uh, slave wages. Yeah. And we just, you know, trained our kids in the very practical things of when they would go to work. Hey, you just have to show up on time, do what you're told and be respectful. Yeah. And you will be promotable. Yeah. Now that does that's not hard. Show up on time. Do what Showing you're told. up on time is like the the number one thing. If you talk to employers, yeah. uh, just showing up, they can they can work with somebody who's a knucklehead if yeah. they just show up when they say they're going to show up. Show up on time. Do what you're asked to do. 
and be respectful to your supervisor yeah. and you'll be promotable. So my goal, I said, this is what I would tell the kids, those three things, then you'll be promotable, then you'll be promotable, then you'll be promotable. And they, everywhere they go, they're promoted yeah. all, all the way up the food chain. It's not magic. It, it is not magic. It is so simple. And, you know, for our kids, we read the book of Proverbs, a chapter every day, whatever the day of the, this is how we yeah. discipled them. And so they knew the passage in uh, Proverbs 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. They understood. The book of Proverbs talks about more about diligence and laziness than any other book in the yeah. Bible. And so they were reading it for themselves. They absorbed that. They saw it was true. And then they started working with kids. And they're like, Dad, they're just lazy. They're, they're calling, oh, this person really is a hard worker, Dad. You want that person on your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, um, uh, my daughter, who, again, uh, my, my middle daughter, who has, has a hostess job at a little local restaurant, yeah. and, you know, she, she would joke, and um, this will embarrass her, but yeah. she would, being homeschooled, she's like, I'm just a hillbilly homeschool kid, you know? So <laughs> yeah. this, is what, this is what she's thinking. Then she goes to work, and she's a hard worker, yeah. and she, you know, rises quickly above a lot of these other kids, mm-hmm. and then, she, you know, many of which are public school educators. Educated, and she's looking at them and she's like, yeah, they're kind of idiots, <laughs> you know? There's um, no, no character that has been built by responsibility. It, it, well, and that's exactly it. And, you know, bad attitudes, stuck on their screens, looking at their phone half the time, whereas uh, Mia is running around looking for work. So yeah. they love her there. Yeah. She's like, oh, hey, okay, what can I straighten up? What can I clean up? What can I do, you know? Yeah. And and so she's going with that kind of attitude. And, yeah. you know, and, and every time I walk in there, you know, everybody's like, wow, we just love Mia. She is such a delight. She's so amazing amazing you know yeah that that and that for a parent i mean i am so proud you know and and it is so exciting to see your kids do well it is it is and that's what we need to be doing well you know we've got another you know minute here to close out this show um you know let's uh let's leave people with some hope and uh you know what what else do we have to say well i would just say it's not it's not complicated it's just it's not rocket science yeah a couple of simple things will make your kids go far and um and it's possible uh and my kids are stellar uh, my my daughter's one of the best moms she has two beautiful kids yeah and she's this incredible mom and her husband's getting his phd from cornell they're just really um blessed and uh my son just got his dream job he's been working in uh, the airlines for a long time and just got a incredible job with fedex flying for the flagship and because i think if these simple things we had a a, a simple thing that we told our kids about uh, their life if you want to be successful and it was a little uh ditty you can jot this down but we said den and dip den and dip and they knew what that meant do it now do it proper do it now do it proper uh-huh. and so uh, that's great. Yeah, and I and I learned that from uh, the shark, the golfer from Australia. In his oh book, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg uh, Norman. Greg Norman, yeah. and it was in his biography that he was taught that by a golf pro, Den and Dip, do it now, do it proper, about his golf game, and he was one of the most successful. I mean, he was yeah. he was before he was the Tiger Tiger Woods of his day, and um, these things are not uh, class issues they're not racial issues no they are practical godly advice yeah. and anybody can do it if you'll just make the steps voila the fruit it seems like magic and it's just practical diligence yeah it's just there's hope productivity productivity i like yeah. the title of that book no Amen. it is it's, Amen. Cool. it's cool and you and you and michelle are doing an amazing job with your girls they're beautiful they're hardworking. they're skilled musicians they're all things that show diligence 
hard work, yeah, and uh, the ability to perform under pressure. All these. Yeah. Things well, listen. Just, uh, uh, you know the the. The credit is the Lord's and my wife's. Yeah. My amen. wife's doing all this hard but work. But we're a part of the process. Yeah. 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 We, we get to be a part. So that, that's that's true. That's and true. there's no, you know, John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to people tell me what an, how amazing my son is doing or how amazing my daughter's doing. There's no, I mean, in your heart, you're just like, all right, man, we made it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, for this episode, and uh, thank you for hanging out with me and, and doing it. Well, good night. Blessings.